So we've come to that part of the program where we have a look at a few words from the Bible. And because it's Christmas, these words are especially for this time of year. And it says this, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, wrapped him in cloths, and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. So last week, we looked at one of the prophecies regarding Jesus, and here in this scripture, there are a few more prophecies that's being fulfilled. Let's look at the location of the birth, Bethlehem. In Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it says, But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come from me one who will be the ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Let's look at the mother, Mary. It's not written here in this account, but in Matthew's account, we know that Mary was a virgin. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 11 says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, Emmanuel means God with us. So right here at this birth, Emmanuel was born, but there was no room for him in the inn. And sometimes when we come to Christmas, it could be like 2,000 years ago as it was in Bethlehem. There could be no room for Jesus. We make room for the gifts. We make room for entertaining. We celebrate being off from work. We love seeing friends. We enjoy the foods. We have all the fussed fun, but do we make room to welcome Jesus into our lives, into our hearts? This year, we face a very new, different challenge. The parties have been canceled. Some have decided not to see any of their family or very few of their family. Some have scaled down the gifts due to job securities, financial worries. Some could be even grieving. Through our difficulties, God is with us. Note, throughout. It doesn't mean that he's going to make a shortcut and end the difficulties, but throughout, he's there with us. God is with us. And the Bible makes this promise many, many times, and God repeated it many times. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. So whether it's the festivities or our concerns that's causing no room in your heart, I want to encourage you to make room for Jesus. My friend Kate Bagnell, during her prayer time this week, wrote this lovely poem. I think it sums it up. No room. There was no room for you, Lord. No room for the infant king. Yet lowly shepherds made room for you. Welcome you, precious king. Yet magi's wise made room for you. Journeying long for you. Yet the sick and faithful made room for you in their hearts for the physician king. Yet the hurting and broken made room for you, healed and restored in their hearts. There was no room for you in the hearts of mankind. Cruelly they cried, crucify. Oh, let us make room in our hearts always, room for the King of Kings, Creator, Redeemer, Savior, Lord. We welcome you, Christ the King.
The Christmas story here in Luke 2 is so familiar, isn't it? It was read out every year at the school production as a girl draped in a blue bed sheet sat on the back of a classmate dressed in a homemade donkey suit and poor old Joseph dressed up in his dressing gown, sporting a tea towel on his head. And then an overly dramatic, no room here, pronounced by the innkeeper and then a rough looking bunch of shepherds, kings, sheep, cows, angels, and of course, the stable. But most of this detail has been added onto what the Bible actually says and formed some traditions around uh, about as accurate as Santa Claus. Sorry, kids, I should have said a spoiler alert there, I know. But many, many biblical historians and commentators do suggest that there was no inn, there was no innkeeper, no stable, no star over a barn or anything, and no tea towels, dressing gowns, and no kings at the nativity scene. Okay, they're my observations, and I can almost guarantee it was not a silent night. But it doesn't matter so much as to where these additions and traditions have come from, as much as what other misgivings we have formed about the Christmas story here in Luke 2. What do you think? Is it about family? About peace on earth and goodwill to all? About giving gifts? Eating and drinking? Is the nativity a long lost fable that has little relevance today? Well, I pray that this message of salvation, of a very real hope for now and the future, speaks loud and clear through the traditions and stories to your heart today. The hope for a hopeless situation is found in Jesus. He was born into this world to cut a narrow path through the evil, through the pain and through the suffering by going through it all himself. He and his followers throughout the millennia have trodden this narrow way that leads to peace with God, an understanding of the truth about who we are and who God is, and a bright hope of eternal life. Will you seek him this Christmas and follow his example and narrative and follow the path that he made for us? In the book of Revelation, chapter 2, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with them and they with me. So I encourage you today, listen carefully for the voice of Jesus in his word and open your hearts to him this Christmas. Here we have the story of the birth of Jesus, a story we've been taught at school, watched our children or grandchildren act out. And we're so familiar with it, we often forget these characters were real people with real emotions and worries. I believe the Christmas story is more relevant and impact today than it ever has. And to me, in the context of this year, these verses have reminded me of expectation. Christmas is all about expectation. Even before December, my kids are counting down the days until their advent calendar. Adverts on the TV and social media show the picture-perfect living rooms with the must-have board games, the smiling relatives, the amazing display of food, and we are fed what our expectations of what the perfect day should be. Every year so far, my son Jack has always ended up disappointed with the toy he saw on TV. In his mind, he's imagined something that surpasses anything that could be physically created or achievable for a retail price of £9.99. He takes after me. When I was around eight years old, I was fully into Star Wars and had seen the Attack Walkers advert on TV, which showed these giant model walking spaceships controlled by stormtroopers being taken down by Han Solo and Luke Skywalker in X-Wings. And the big day came and Santa had delivered. In this huge box was an Attack Walker. But then I noticed that was it. No figures, no bodies to operate it, no heroes to battle the machine. It felt like I'd been given a coloring book without the pens. My expectations did not meet my reality. 
The Very Well Mind website had an article this year entitled The Expectations Versus Reality Trap. Are you being robbed of your happiness? It outlined research which highlighted how people are surprisingly inept at predicting how they will feel about upcoming events. For example, one study showed that newlywed couples tended to expect their happiness levels would rise or at least stay the same over the four year period after marriage. In reality, the levels of happiness tended to diminish over that time. Other studies found that lottery winners' happiness tended to reduce to pre-winning days, or sometimes even below. While we expect that the perfect Christmas dinner, the immaculate tree, a stocking full of toys, will provide happiness this holiday, the reality is, at best, it will only be temporary. Just over 2,000 years ago, I'm sure Mary's expectations of the circumstances and location of the child's birth did not meet her expectations. Who would have predicted there was no room for the Son of God and his cradle was a manger? But there is a difference here. God wanted to change our expectations of who he was at that time. He was to be called Emmanuel, God with us. He came to have a relationship with us on a mission of love. I mentioned earlier how nothing my son can imagine could even match the reality of what this earth could deliver. But God is different. Our brains cannot fathom the depth of love he has for us. So I finish with this prayer this Christmas for you from Ephesians 3, 18 to 19. I pray that you will be able to understand how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love is. I pray that you will know the love of Christ. His love goes beyond anything we can understand. And I pray that you will be filled with God himself.